LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel Center ministry every week. Yeah, Scott, what's happening uh, in your world at the moment? We're doing a lot of cooking in the Sanders house, and so I'm, I'm really uh, enjoying that. I think that's my downtime at the end of the day. Uh, so, bit of master chefing it up in the Sanders? Yeah, we were going to do the whole competitive thing, but in the end, we just decided, nah, let's just cook well. So I'm finding myself, actually, because I've got, I've got four daughters, and they've all got very different uh, food tastes. So I'm finding myself actually preparing, like last night, I prepared a curry for my wife, uh, Natalie, and my eldest daughter, Evie. And then I, I prepared sort of more blander, um, you know, blander food, you know, for the uh, for the younger girls. And I, I thought I was on a winner last night. I made this beautiful sweet potato puree, but it just it just didn't land. It didn't land at all. Sorry, um, the, to curry, hear that. the curries did. The curries did. They were they were a gem. Well, I'm, I'm having. I've got three boys, and so I'm having to prepare my steaks all slightly differently. That's how we're doing it. <laughs> Anyway, the one thing is brought to you thanks to Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network. Uh, we're also proudly part of the Life Aid Leadership Podcast Network. But for now, you press play on another episode of The One Thing, What I'd Do Differently. And this episode, we get to hear from uh, Adam Cheng. So he, he planted, how long ago did he plant, Derek? Oh, uh, he planted in, uh, launched in, I think it was April last year. And he planted in, uh, in uh, Melbourne's eastern suburbs, Cross and Crown. Uh, in a large, it's a largely uh, Asian Asian church, and you can hear some previous episodes of Adam. Uh, he's he's a great thinker, uh, and he took the time to talk about some of the things that he's been learning. So at Cross and Crown, uh, we've intentionally decided to not maximise our online platforms for ministry during this period of isolation. That is, we're trying to actually be more cautious and careful in deciding not just what we want to put online but what we don't want to put online. And so we're thinking in those terms driven by three main principles. Firstly, the church is a body of members with gifts to be used for the common good. So church is an active experience, not a passive experience. Secondly, the church is ground zero for expressing those one another's of the New Testament, which means that church is actually a participatory experience, it's not a spectator experience. It's something actually where you get in the thick of relationships with other people. And, and thirdly, uh, church is a definable family of believers under the care of godly leaders, meaning that as a church and the people of God, we're, we're a people, an entity before an experience. Gathering is what we do, but gathering doesn't make us who we are. So the upshot of those three principles is this, uh, that church is an active participatory belonging, not a passive spectator experience. But, but it's really interesting, because as I look around online, uh, a lot of the language that our churches will use will actually try and reinforce the latter, probably unintentionally. And I think it's because we're driven by mission, which is a great thing, but I, but I suspect we're driven by mission so much that we end up compromising certain truths about church. So if I go on Facebook right now, I suspect that a lot of our churches will use the language of um, come and watch church. But if we 
communicate the language of watching, I, I actually worry that suggests that church is more of a passive spectator experience. We become, in one sense, functionally Roman Catholic, where the guys who are doing the live stream up front, well, that's where the real action happens. And for us, our religious experience as such is merely to be passive spectators and onlookers to what's really going on. Instead, we want to use the language of, why don't you join church instead? I've noticed we'll also use the language of, uh, why don't you watch church from the comfort of your own home? Now, on one level, that's appealing, and I get it. We're trying to find the best out of a not great situation right now in isolation. But not to put too fine a point on it, church doesn't exist for our comfort. We gather for the common good. So at Cross and Crown, we've kind of banned those phrases, and, and we're really intentionally encouraging our people to join our church family at 4 p.m. every Sunday. Be there. You know, th- those three principles, they also have informed us in another way. It's why we don't upload our video recording of our service later in the week. Um, now, I-, I get it. We're, we're the minority on this one, uh, and I don't want to knock other churches that are doing this. The fact that we're one of the few churches that don't do it makes me second-guess our position. Uh, but um, I think when we do that, we end up diminishing church as that active participatory belonging even more. I mean, just think about it. Church is already diminished by our isolation, by our inability to gather. And so I'm cautious about any action that will diminish it even more by having people tune in and watch church at different times all alone. But put it this way, if, if we take the relationship, the, the belonging and the participation out of church such that you can watch this at any time in any place, all we're really left with is a floating sermon. And if we're driven by mission, then the truth is, I guess I'm an okay preacher, but why don't you just listen to Rory Shiner or, or Sam Chan or Dave Jensen? You'd get a much better evangelistic talk out of them than me. So what we're trying to do at church is to mobilize our members to invite their friends to church. That is, invite their friends into a definable family of believers with thick, deep, and loving relationships. And then in that context, they can hear the gospel. And the benefit of that is this, that at the back end of isolation, it really helps us do follow-up and integration and retention a lot better. Now, I want to acknowledge it means that we do have less missional reach, but I'm hoping that with the reach that we do have, that it allows us to get more depth and it guards against any sort of unintentional distortion of our ecclesiology as well. Okay, one of the things I, I, I love how he's really thinking into what church ought to be. So he uses, you know, church is an active participatory belonging. Uh, and, mm. you, you know, you don't come and watch church. He's really being really thoughtful about the language that he uses. Yeah. And so, yeah, I want to give a massive shout out to that. That's, that's exactly where leaders need to start in this because they are, the, as we've said before, they are the theologians in chief. They need to set the tone for how people are approaching and understanding what we're doing here. We're not just doing something online. Uh, this is trying how it is that the, the people of God gather and connect in a time when they can't physically gather and connect. So that needs to be thought into deeply about the, what it is we're actually doing when we, we kind of cast this out to the world. Yeah. So, so I want to, I want to affirm you, you know, in terms of a learning, I think this is a great learning. Use the, use the opportunity to be thoughtful in your language always 
about uh, about how we're communicating, you know, church life. So he uses that that phrase of, you know, do we want to say join church from the comfort of your own home? Do we want to encourage people to, you know, keep on keep their jammies on and and come to church? No, no. He, he rightly says church church doesn't exist for our comfort. You know, one of the dangers in this is that we will become consumeristic uh, or more consumeristic than we already are. Uh, he wants to remind people, no, uh, church doesn't exist for your comfort. It, it exists for the common good. In fact, you exist to be able to love and be humble, you know, with the, with the body that you're actually fellowshipping with and, and a part of. Now, can I just ask, the question that comes up and occurs to me a little bit, is the question, it's not as simple as Zoom versus YouTube, but it's kind of in those two broad categories. One is to use technology that is focused on the insider and connects them. Um, although, although I know Adam would never use that language of inside and outsider, but you know, the, the church has existed previously, or do you use technology which um, opens it more widely to people just to dip in, but may not connect your church as well. Um, is this a, is this a preference or is this a, um, do you think there's more theological underpinnings that should drive us one way or another in this? Yeah. Oh no, I, I think it's not, I, I don't think it's just a preference. I mean, in, they're all they're all tools. Uh, I think, we, and we make deci- You know, we're going to make decisions uh, about you know how to use those tools, and, and often they're forced upon us. We just don't have the resources, you know, that that other churches have. I I think one of the, the thing that stuck out for me was uh, they want they want to make a priority of the gathering on Sunday, and they want to ensure that you know four o'clock when you meet, uh, that's when you meet. And so he's made the decision not to upload the service during the week. So if you're not there, you miss it. Now, now that's really interesting because we would not ordinarily upload a sermon. You know, now, why do we upload a sermon? We upload a sermon because reality is 70% of our people only turn up on Sundays regularly. Uh, and so we want people to continue to engage with the word. Um, and so one of my questions is, uh, is why would we not have a, you know, a part of the service? You're not going to have the whole thing. So in some senses, you are missing out on those post-breakout Zoom rooms. You are missing out on, on being able to interact in the chat bar on YouTube in, in person, which, which all gives you some experience of, of, of the gatheredness that we have again, not, not ideal. And I think we want to keep communicating. This is not ideal. This is not what we uh, we're about. We, there is something about the church needing to be gathered, but those things are, are all touches that you miss out on. So for me, I think it's interesting, you know, one of the learnings from this is do you, do you not upload it? You know, and he, and he's trying to communicate and teach his people this, but I think there's a miss, there's a miss of uh, actually reaching out to a wider people. Now, Adam helpfully, you know, helpfully recognizes that in, you know, in the, uh, in the, in the, in the quote, he helpfully recognizes that, oh, this could, this could be a miss. But again, I want to, I want to say he's being thoughtful about it. He's, uh, he's pushing into it and it might be a learning, you know, post this, uh, that, uh, that, that's, uh, you know, that, that's helpful for him. Absolutely. And if we've learned nothing else from this, it's that, uh, everyone is always wrong on everything they say at the moment. Um, <laughs> it, no one is ever right on anything. I don't say that's not directed at Adam. That's actually directed at you and I, because who, who knows what's right at this moment? Everyone is, is searching for answers. The fact that the thing that I've loved about hearing Adam and talking to him in other contexts, he's driving back to first principles, back to the Bible in order to find answers, not go through pragmatics and then justify it. That's what I love. But anyway, let's hear from Adam on breakout rooms because he is using technology in a number of ways, both to um, uh, one, preach and communicate, but also to connect people. Uh, let's hear what he has to say on breakout rooms. 
at Cross and Crown, we've decided to meet over Zoom each Sunday for our services and not to use something like YouTube or Facebook Live. And our main reason for that is we want church to still be an active participatory belonging rather than just this passive spectator experience. We, we want our people to be able to actually see each other, uh, to interact with each other, to sing with each other and to sit under God's word visibly together. But the truth is with about 90 to 100 people joining us each week, it, it becomes a bit difficult then to have real depth of communication or relationship. So that's why we introduced breakout rooms at the end of our service. So after each service, we'll uh, split the 90 to 100 up into rooms of about four to five people. And in those breakout rooms, we've given them three discussion questions, which they can use to then reflect on the sermon together. And that's been great for our church. Uh, it's allowed our regulars to enjoy those deeper conversations in smaller settings. It's also allowed us to connect with newcomers and visitors for the first time beyond just the Connect card, which we have, uh, but actually getting to know someone, a newcomer in that smaller, more intimate setting uh, is just so much more valuable. And those discussion questions actually really help us reflect on the sermon. And that's something that we're going to carry uh, into our post-isolation gatherings when we're back together physically so that people can reflect on the sermon together after. We have realized that there have been two key challenges for us, though. Uh, the first one is this, that some of our groups were initially leaderless or they'd have all non-Christians and all visitors in it, particularly if we randomized the allocation. And that meant that the groups were just captainless and rudderless and, and lacked a direction. So in response to that, we've manually allocated leaders to each of those groups just to make sure uh, that none of those groups are at sea and actually have some direction. The second challenge that we came up against is the moment that we mentioned breakout rooms at the end of our service, we had about 20 people drop out of the Zoom call because I think, particularly if you're a newcomer, it's pretty intimidating to join a small group of four to five people that you've never met before. Now, we don't have a silver bullet for that, but at least what we've tried to do is to be upfront about it. So at the beginning of the sermon, we'll actually say something like, at the end of this service, we'll be splitting up into breakout rooms we will have the opportunity to meet each other and discuss and reflect on the sermon together. If this is your first time with us, we acknowledge that that can be a pretty intimidating experience, but we'd love you to join us all the same uh, because what a great opportunity to get to know one another uh, and to find out how best we can care for you. So that's not perfect. It's far from perfect, but it's what we're working on. And hopefully we can find better ways to use these breakout rooms uh, to welcome newcomers and serve our church. So what I found helpful in, in this, some of, some of the key learnings is they're, they're using the rooms, uh, you know, rooms of four to five people and they want to uh, give them two to three discussion questions to reflect on the sermon together. Yeah, so I, I think he's recognizing that some people are really good at the, you know, the bowling up to people and, and just asking questions. Other people actually need, um, you know, need help. Uh, I, you know, I have, I have heard a number of different podcasts sort of saying this this is the time when we are finally recognizing that the meet and greet, you know, during this, you know, during the service is gone and is, there is an end to this. And I, and I don't think that, I don't, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think actually when we come back, we're actually going to be longing for that, you know, greeting each other with a holy kiss. You know, that's my tradition, uh, you know, as an Anglican, um, uh, we're going to be longing for that, you know, that awkward, that's how you do it, Yvonne. That, that's it. That awkward turning around, you know, that awkward turning around 
But so he's he's trying to simulate those connections post church and putting people in rooms um, and connecting them. Um, and so he, they have set questions they ask. They have set questions, mm-hmm. and what they realised again another learning was that in the first few weeks they just they just kind of sent people off randomly, uh, but they realised that groups needed leadership, uh, and they often were either all non Christians or all Christians, and so now they've actually purposefully. Uh, manually allocated leaders to these groups and manually allocated people. And I've, I've seen some other churches who are actually, uh, you know, triaging newcomers into a room. So we caught up with Luther, you know, just a couple of weeks ago on, on, on this podcast. And he actually talked about having a newcomer room, you know, with a person and a team that are particularly, uh, you know, seeking to actually integrate, you know, move people onto that next step. So I think, I think the zoom post rooms, you know, a great opportunity, uh, you know, great opportunity to, to, to have some of that communication. I've seen other churches as well, you know, sort of say, let's do morning tea together. So, uh, you know, you've got five minutes to go away, grab your bickies, grab your cup of tea, come back and we'll actually do morning tea together. So I think three key learnings from Zoom rooms, I think be intentional about placing people, you know, manually into groups, put, put leaders in those groups. Uh, I think be up front at the start of the service. You know, at the end of this service, we're actually going to split in, into breakout rooms and we'd actually love you to join us just like we do in a normal gathering where we say, actually afterwards, we're going to have supper. We actually want you to stick around and have you know, a cup of tea with us post-service because we want you to continue to be asking those questions. And then the third thing is help people be thoughtful in those, uh, in those times. So providing two to three discussion questions, uh, some way to actually reflect on the word together. Again, reminding people that that's what we're doing in a, in a Christian gathering. Uh, we are we're sitting around God's word together. We gathered, you know, God's gathered people around His word, and so I think, I think helping people do that is uh, is really, you know, really an important thing. Okay, well, uh, Scott, what have you got for us? What tools can you point us to today? Uh, well, again, can I encourage you to check out the COVID nineteen page on the Geneva Push website? Lots of great resources. Uh, Andrew Heard has done some uh, ecosystem. Uh, videos so so check out those on that page uh, in particular and then uh, we've uh, we'll release an episode this week just a long a long form discussion with uh, Mikey Lynch uh, Lionel Windsor and Andrew Heard just talking about church and again I think this is a real opportunity for us to actually you know pull out our pull out our theological books our systematic theologies and think into the nature of church and then the final one I mentioned uh, just a previous episode a couple of weeks with Luther, Luther Simons Uh, that's a really good one to dig in as you think about mission uh, in the context. If you like The One Thing, you might also like the new Reach Australia podcast. While The One Thing has shorter episodes, the Reach Australia podcast has longer form discussions with prominent Christian leaders. They just dropped an 11-part series on leadership with Craig Hamilton, author of Wisdom in Leadership, and a six-part series with Andrew Hurd, who is the lead pastor at EV Church on the Central Coast. Just search for Reach Australia in your favourite podcast app or check the show notes. Excellent. Well, if you've liked what you've heard today, and the one thing we would appreciate if you take a moment to rate the show on iTunes and even leave a comment. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing. I'm Derek Hanna. I'm Scott Sanders. Chat soon. Mm-hmm.